Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your Acme slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I watched uh, three feature animated films this weekend. I watched Hunchback of Notre Dame, which was, that. it's it's always just so dark. Every time I watch it, it's so dark. Sanctuary. It does have a redeeming ending, but man, it's bleak. And junkies. And then I watched The Lion King, which Speaking of dark I things. never think of that as dark and bleak until my wife walks in and she's always just harping about how it's just it's a downer and it kind of is like it's it's it, not it's, there's no hope happy. in it until the very end i mean it's happy you know carefree yeah. and lucky and then and then tragedy strikes dies. and it's all bad and then he comes back and he doubts himself throughout the whole entire movie. yeah yeah but then i ended on a upper and i watched a bug's life by pixar it's so good Actually, I didn't get to finish it. I'll probably finish it tonight. But I, I find that movie delightful. It, it was their second movie, and the progress they made in animation was leaps and bounds from Toy Story. What was it? Oh, it was Toy Story. And, the first one. Yeah, and I just I find that movie delightful. I think it's great. There's some amazing characters. It's a really neat story that's you know very different than most movie plots I, I think it's really great and it's got a good villain and it's just it's fun and i i put it on for inspiration while i was drawing a, a trading card yeah. of hopper uh, voiced by the inimitable kevin spacey he's so good at being dark it's not as good as ants yeah oh, that is a false I, statement it's so much better than ants <laughs> oh man uh, yeah. freaking woody allen i know and, uh, woody allen sylvester uh, his, stallone's in there gets his head it's just off by the termites you know i don't i'm not opposed to the idea that they were going for in ants but it just it just I, doesn't work it's not the animated movie for no. me no it really isn't so yeah all right, you ready to get this episode going? Let's go ahead and start this puppy. What number are we on? Is this number nine? Welcome, everybody, to episode nine number of nine. the Animation Station number Podcast. Nine. I am number your nine. host, Josh. With me is the other host. Gavin. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Let's get it going, man. First off, Gavin, do you have anything that happened in the week mm. you want to talk about? Basically, I've just been drawing a lot of Disney villains for my upcoming Halloween sale. Yeah, you've been posting those. Yeah. And so I've been really in just living in Disney villain world lately. I'm, I'm having a blast with it. And so I've, a lot of times when I'm drawing a specific character, I'll put on that movie while I'm drawing. So 
I've just been watching a lot of Disney lately and uh, enjoying it along the way. Nice, what about nice. you? Well, I want to preface this right now saying that we're recording on September 11th. Oh, that's true. We have some moves and everything going yeah, on. Yeah, we're so. recording early because the next few weeks for Josh and I are going to be very busy. We're both Yes. We're we're neighbors right now and we're both moving on the same day yes. to be neighbors again in a new apartment complex. See, I tricked Gavin <laughs> into moving into the same apartment complex so we can split the uh, U-Haul. Oh, see, we thought we tricked you. We tricked each other! Yay! <laughs> um, but anyway, there there was something that came through the pipeline earlier this week. Again, this is September 11th. Right. So, so this earlier, episode will come out in late December. Or late, late September, December, yes. Right? This, this episode comes out December <laughs> At the end of 14th. the year. Um, uh, yeah, this will be a, like the, the last week of something? September. Yes. Okay. Um, but there was a nice little bit of news on the anime side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation did a merger. Ooh. So they didn't acquire nobody acquired anybody, but they just kind of did a merger between the two companies. Okay. Where Crunchyroll, because right now both Funimation and Crunchyroll stream anime from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, Crunchyroll is well known for their subs of all the different anime, and Funimation okay. is more known for their dubbing of the anime. Oh. So basically, what I was able to pick apart from the different sites that I read was Crunchyroll is going to not exclusively, but primarily going to get all the subs that are coming in from Japan. So they're basically the direct import store. Correct. Okay. Because right now they're both kind of, you know... A little of both. A little of both. Because like okay. Funimation will get some, and then they'll sub them, and then dub them, and then put them out. Okay. Then Crunchyroll will do the same thing. They'll do they also them. rub them and scrub them? Why? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Come on, man. The rhymes. They were fun. Keep going. Keep going. What's Funimation going to do? So what Funimation is going to do is they're primarily just going to do the dubs. Okay. Which I think is great because dubs are Funimation's strong suit. Especially, you know, since the late 2000s, it really started to pick up because you can go back and listen to old dubs that even Funimation did and they're really kind of bad. But... We go into some of the newer stuff, and they actually get quality actors that know what they're doing and that are trained instead of just getting Joe Blow off the streets, you know, come in and read some lines of dialogue. So that's what Fun, uh, Funimation is going to be doing, primarily the dubs, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Which means uh, Basically, it means we're going to get a lot more dubs out of Funimation of these newer shows that we that Funimation usually doesn't have. That would usually go like Sentai or NIS, somebody like that. Okay, so what does this mean for our listeners out there who are either subscribed to Crunchyroll or Funimation? Does this increase the library of material for them? What what does it exactly do for the consumers? Consumer-wise, there's still two different subscriptions. They're not, you know, merging into one t- subscription where you can pay seven ninety nine and watch Crunchyroll all you want and Funimation all you want. Okay. So right now with Crunchyroll, you're getting more subs than was they currently had in their uh, catalog. Okay. So they're getting more inventory that way. Whereas on the Funimation end, they're getting more anime of some shows that already have been subbed by Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. They're getting all of those rights to dub those. So oh. the Funimation catalog is also increasing. Okay. So 
that's the main thing. But are they getting everything from the other site, or is it just a selection? It's not everything right now. Again, mm -hmm. this is early on. I mean, probably so they're kind October, of building November, toward. Probably get more. Okay. But as of right now, there is a select list of what Funimation was sending over to Crunchyroll and mm -hmm. what Crunchyroll was sending over to Funimation. Okay. But so That's hopefully very cool. in the later months we'll actually get some, especially because we're getting in about to be into the winter 2016 mm -hmm. simulcast schedule okay so that means crunchyroll is going to get all those simulcasts and sub all of them and then usually about a week to two weeks later funimation will more than likely start putting out the dubs of those same episodes wow that's a quick turnaround yeah. that's impressive that's exciting for anime fans very much so that brings a lot of new material to their fingertips mm -hmm. you know they can consume a lot more of it now and uh, it's exciting for me because they're, you know, it's a pool that I haven't dipped my toe into enough. And I'd really like to, you know, be able to explore that a little bit more. So now you actually heard some news about Netflix as well uh, regarding Disney, right? Yeah. Um, so what, what do we know about that so far? I feel like it's a little nebulous at this point. Yeah, Netflix is paying Disney. I, I wrote it down. I forgot how much it was. It was a lot an, of money, I'm sure. It was sure. an absurd amount of money. Are we talking millions? Millions of dollars. Tens of millions? Hundreds of millions? I believe so. For whatever, I want to say $30 million. I okay. could be wrong on that. It may be like 10 or something. But there's uh, a large sum of money that Netflix mm -hmm. is paying Disney per year to basically have the exclusive streaming rights to Disney titles. 2016 and onward. Right, so it's really just going to be current Disney movies, they'll, things they'll things that come out in you know, later on down the road. But right now, right, but the intent current. really is just okay. The things that are out in the theaters now, when they end their theatrical run, they'll be available for streaming. Correct. Yet yeah, three months after, like according to what I read, mm -hmm. three months after it hits theaters, mm -hmm. it'll be available on Netflix. So does that mean very shortly we'll have Finding Dory on Netflix? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's impressive. Now, that's really cool. The thing with that was it said September when everything was going to launch. And we haven't so, seen anything yet. Yeah, and we're dating this. So, I mean, by the time this comes out, 12, tomorrow we'll turn around <laughs> and be like, the catalog. Yeah. But yeah, it's they haven't released any sort of actual set street date. Right. But September. It basically seems like they've released, okay, this is the intent of what we're going to do, and mm -hmm. it's going to start in September, but that's the limit of the details they've released. But anyway, it sounds exciting because they're also going to do Pixar. They're doing Disney, Pixar, Marvel. Marvel. Are they doing LucasArts? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. That so, would be impressive if they do if that, they do too. LucasArts, Man. That would be crazy. You'd think, I don't think they will because the price tag would have to go up for that. Well, I mean, if they're paying $30 million a year. Yeah, that doesn't seem that much to me. I think that, that sounds to, like a To lot. allow them to stream it so people can watch their movies for free without buying it. D I mean, Disney is so all about their DVD sales. They yeah. try every trick in the book to make their things well, so the, exclusive well, well, that they have to that you have to pay top dollar to get their stuff I all mean, the time they're, they're still gonna sell their dvds i don't think they're well, gonna i'm take, gonna buy them all exactly i don't think any they're gonna take any sort of hit with that, know, DVD that may be or true that may be true 
I mean, honestly, what this will do is, oh, hey, this extra $30 million, mm-hmm. you can just take all that, want to build a new park somewhere? <laughs> you got $30 million. $30 million. Oh, Josh Kane, you're well, so No, no, naive. no. I'm, I'm saying $30 million a year. <laughs> no, I get it. So, I, I mean, get it. That's a wanna, lot. You want to start building a park. Yeah. Five years from now, you'll have a nice park. Um, that's possible. Yeah. I mean... Who knows what they're going to do with that money? Do but my to the park. my question got to pay for that uh, Star Wars land. Absolutely, got to you got to keep building, keep uh, reimagining the park. That's what Walt wanted. But Space my Jam. question is going to be, how long are these going to be on Netflix? Because we've all been in the situation where we're watching, say, a television series, and there's eight seasons of it, and you're on season four, and all of a sudden that notice pops up that says. Oh, this will no longer be available in three weeks. And you're thinking, well, great. I'm never going to get through it in three weeks. So I wonder if there's going to be an expiration date on these things. Because most things, on you know, they have to buy the license and there's a limit to that time frame. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I think it's a good move. I think it's smart on Disney's part because they have, in a lot of ways, in the last few years, really taken a hit, I feel, as far as you know, looking like they're a little too exclusive and they don't make their stuff available enough. So I think it's a good move. Now, now here's the kicker. If Disney will get off their booties (laughs) and actually start putting their Disney cartoons on Netflix. I agree with this wholeheartedly. You start throwing some Star, some Gravity Falls. Because Gravity Falls right now, I think the only place that you can watch it is Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. I mean, you can get it on Prime, but you got to pay for it. Well, even the... Even older ones, like you always like, mentioned Kim Possible, Kim Possible even things school, like... Timon and Pumbaa. Well, even the, the old school series. stuff like DuckTales and Duck Rescue Rangers. Stuff on there. Absolutely. They would... I want to watch Hannah Montana. I can't watch Hannah Montana. Shoot. That was Disney, right? It was. Okay. I can't watch Hannah Montana. <laughs> what if I want to watch Wizards of Waverly Place? I can't watch it. It's nowhere. I know, I know right? I need my Selena Gomez fix. Terrible. I mean, it's terrible that we can't watch it. It's not oh, yeah, I mean, a terrible yeah, show. I, I've never seen don't, it. Don't so worry. I, can't I, knew, judge I it. knew you weren't saying it was a terrible show. <laughs> um, Excellent. But one of the oh, one of the Deloise brothers is in there. The one that dates Sam. One of the who brothers? The Deloise. I don't know who these the, people are. Forget it. Okay. Um, moving on. Moving on. Gavin, this was your pick this week. It was my pick this week. And we decided to go deep into the Disney vault this time. We're going all the way back to the beginning of the 1960s. So Gavin was 10 years old. (laughs) Hilarious. We're going back to 1961's 101 Dalmatians. Bark, bark, bark. Bark, bark, bark. bark, 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 bark. Ruff, ruff, woof, woof. It was um, an interesting turning point in the world of Disney animation. And I just want to give a little bit of background about this movie. So the, the context of the Walt Disney Studio in the early 60s was basically they were coming off a loser, which was Sleeping Beauty. Today, it's hard to imagine that Sleeping Beauty was a failure, but it was a financial failure for them. It was, to date, the most expensive animated movie ever made, and they did not make their money back on it in the original release. And it was something that was so impactful for the studio that they actually considered shutting down the animation department at that point. Because if you know anything about Walt, at a certain point, he felt like he had accomplished what he wanted to accomplish with the world of animation. And then he felt like he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish with the world of theme parks. 
and his focus in the late 50s and the first half of the 60s until he died in 66 was on live action and it was his kind of crowning achievement that he uh, created Mary Poppins and so he was not as involved in the animation process at this point so there was a very real chance that the animation part department would get shut down but you know things persisted and a lot of it is due to the fact that he personally wanted 101 Dalmatians to be created because he had read the novel by Dodie Smith shortly after it came out. It came out in 56. I think he read it in 57. I had no idea it was a novel. Yeah, it was a children's novel. And he bought the rights immediately. He knew he wanted to, it to be a movie. And, you know, so I think because of that, this movie still got made and it, in a lot of ways saved the animation department because it was a financial success. Now, there's some very interesting things about this movie, uh, but before we move into the actual movie, I want to mention that Sleeping Beauty, because of the failure that they saw in it, they didn't do another fairy tale for 30 years. It wasn't until 1989 with Little Mermaid that they oh, really? went back to the fairy tale genre. Well, think about it. There's no fairy tales between Sleeping Beauty and Little Little Mermaid. There's none. You're right. There is yeah. a Gappo princess. So Sleeping Beauty made an indelible mark on the Disney canon. And we think back on it today as this wonderful, beautiful masterpiece that is beloved and and just so well known and so revered. But at the time, it was kind of a stinker. Yeah, it kind of was. So anyway, moving into 101 Dalmatians, they knew they had to find ways to make animated movies cheaper because the cost of production kept going up and up and up. And, you know, it just was becoming hard to make them financially viable vehicles for the studio where the live action stuff was relatively cheap Mm -hmm. and they were having wild success with it. So... The genius of iWorks, who created so many of the animation processes which put Disney on the map and which made their stuff so much better than everybody else, came up with a new process. And this new process saved them tons of money. And basically, he was working with Xerox technology. So we're talking photocopier Mm -hmm. type technology where he was able to figure out a way to using Xerox technology, get the hand-drawn pieces of paper and print those directly on the animation cells so that they didn't have to have a whole ink department re-inking every cell for every drawing. And, I mean, it's estimated that they brought in the production cost at half what it would have been for this movie. And just in the spots alone, they, they saved so much money. Uh, interesting fact, there's almost 6.5 million spots in 101 Dalmatians. But there's only 101 doggies. Yeah, I know, but there's there's a lot of spots. <laughs> a lot of spots. Anyway, uh, what it did is it created a very specific look because when you're drawing on paper with pencil, you have some graininess and you have, you know, when you have a stroke, it may fade in its intensity because, you know, the pressure of the hand upon the paper is is lighter or heavier. And so it created a really sketchy style. And Walt is on record as 
letting the studio know that he did not like this style. But again, going back to what I was saying earlier, he wasn't as invested in the animation process as he had been in, in the past. He was more interested in the live action things. And yeah, there's the cost effectiveness of it. So anyway, it, it ends up changing the, the style and look of Disney films for the next 10 to 20 years. You know, we think of Jungle Book and, and Robin Hood, and they all have this kind of sketchy, really uh, pencil-y or charcoal-y look to the outlines of everything. And it's because of this Xerox technology mm -hmm. that Ub Iwerks found out how to incorporate into animation cells. The guy was a genius. He was in like a mechanical engineering process genius, and he came up with so many things like this. But anyway, it lends itself to a specific style, and they built the the design of this movie around that kind of sketchy look. And I think it's quite wonderful because it looks like the pages, the illustrated pages of a children's book coming to life. You know, every scene of the little neighborhood they live in in London yeah. just looks like it's straight out of a little, a sweet little illustrated book for kids. And, you know, a lot of the backgrounds and the scenes, like where there's a lamp and a clock and a bookshelf, they just look so sketchy. And then the colors are just laid in in blocks. And I just find it so wonderful. And I, I, I understand the hesitation that Walt had from that crisp, clean, beautifully inked work that represented the catalog prior to that. But at some point you have to grow and evolve and, and you know, change as you know, an artistic company or else it just becomes stagnant. So this was probably a big gamble, but I feel like it really paid off and financially it did. It was a success from day one. Was this movie rushed? It was not rushed. It was actually, okay. so, um, okay. Cause the, the only reason I ask is because you can kind of see where lines mm -hmm. aren't really, it looks like they're like, drawn like haphazardly like outside the line stuff it looks yeah. like you can kind of see like where they started drawing the puppies like the shapes of their head you can kind of see circles sometimes exactly where they yeah. started is that just because this was the first use of this xerox process it is and part of this process is they skip the the cleanup step you know there's a there's a whole um there's a role in animation for cleanup artists and what they call tweeners or in-betweeners where they fill in all the sketches between the major poses of the lead animators. And then there's cleanup people who clean up the actual line work and things like that. And what they were doing is they were finding ways to just go right to the spontaneity of the original animators drawings taking that directly from paper to cell. And so, yeah, there's there's some scenes where you even see the line down the center of their mm -hmm. face yep. or across the, the eyes where they're mapping the face. And it's really interesting because it's it's a bold choice to make. Well, see, here's the thing. I love that. I think I it's really cool, it's too. It's so nice. It's so cool. I really, really like that. Mm -hmm. There is one thing that – it's not this movie's fault because every animation – I like back in the day did this mm -hmm. but you have that part where it's a drawn completely drawn backdrop and then there's the part that's going to move looks a little different looks different i agree i've always hated that I've... i understand limitations of yeah. the time mm -hmm. but every whenever i see it i'm just like well that's gonna move i wonder yeah, what's gonna it, happen it, there it never has quite the same texture as everything i agree it's 
It's one thing that is solved by computer animation. Mm -hmm. it, it, that t this one thing that 2D never could do, where you have an element in the background, like a door, you know, and it's going to be the thing that moves in yeah. the background. It doesn't look like the door frame in the wall. It it looks like it's a cartoon stuck on a wall. And some, but sometimes they do that. Like there's some, I know there's some movies that have that where it looks like the wall, and then that opens, and it's like, what? That door yeah. opened. Was that supposed? <laughs> like uh, when we watched Princess Mononoke. Okay. There's a rock, mm -hmm. just random rock that I'm like, oh, that rock's gonna move. Doesn't move. It's just drawn that way. Okay. And it's like, how's that rock yeah, drawn so like that? Is that rock supposed to move? So things like that are probably on the same cell as the things that are moving, but, you know, it's not used as a moving object. That's what I would guess. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not the... Well, I, I like the drawn The part cool thing the is that, you know, in a style like 101 Dalmatians, I feel like that problem is less apparent. Because most of the environment looks so sketchy and illustrative yeah. anyway that it, it's less of a problem. But, um, yeah, so I, the style of this, like I said, it's it's very much like a children's book illustration just come to life. And mm -hmm. I think it really works. I love the setting. I love the color palette. And I, I just think the style is really neat and it points the direction towards so many other great things to come. Mm -hmm. You know, they only released three animated features in the entire 1960s. That's crazy to me, but that's all they did. So what was it? And a lot Snow of it was White. no, the 60s. Oh, sorry, 60s. So it would been So this, it started with Jungle this book and... and in between was Sword in, Sword in the Stone in 63. So, you know, that's all they did in the 60s. They did they did Five or six in the 70s, and then a handful in the 80s, and then in the 90s, of course, it exploded yeah. again. But the 60s is their most anemic decade as far as animation goes. They just they were more focused on things like Mary Poppins, and then after Walt died in 66, there was a lot of question about you know what the do company was going to do at all after that. So it's understandable. But I think this one is a very important film that points the way to a lot of other stylistic choices made over the next couple of decades and some of my favorite movies were made in the 60s and 70s so yeah it's very good so josh i've talked yes. ad nauseum what do you like about 101 dalmatians well like i said i like the i like the art style i like the drawing bits like the sketching outlines i thought that was really good the story cruella de villa's a freaking crazy woman she is a She's maniac scary. yes um I a like, great villain i like the dogs i all of the voices in this movie like the voice cast for this really good like Pongo incredible and voice um, acting i totally agree john is his name right the what's the, what's pet? the pet's name uh, roger 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 <laughs> yeah like it's those roger and anita um, but yeah, those like they're great. Coelho's great. Mm -hmm. uh, Jasper and Horace oh, they're are fantastic. great. Fantastic! I love them. Oh, they're so good. All the puppies. Mm -hmm. I, I I do like how they gave the uh, the boy dogs, uh, the boy puppies, red collars. Yeah. And the girl puppies got blue collars. Yeah, all the girls I had that blue. Was a mm -hmm. Cute little touch. I thought that was neat too. There was some bits that I thought were a little bit weird because like sometimes the uh, collars would blink in and out of existence oh i didn't notice yeah, that. yeah and then sometimes there'd be like 
way more than 15 puppies with collars. <laughs> it's like, huh, okay. I imagine it would get hard to keep track of 99 puppies once they, you know, all meet up together. Yeah. Like, that would just be an insurmountable task oh, to God. make sure that yeah. every single one was accounted for. And like by the things. animators, I mean, let alone Pongo and Purdy, the animators just would have, that was a monumental task. And they, they did a fantastic job, but I wasn't paying close enough attention to those details to see that, but I totally believe you because, uh, of course, that's going to happen. Yeah, I liked uh, Lucky, because yeah, I liked it. He had the little, had the little Yeah, it's, a, it's a horseshoe nice. facing up, so it was um, Lucky. So, yeah, we had Lucky, and there was Rolly and chance yeah there's a bunch of names the, but they only the mention spark? them like once each the, the only female like the only girl puppy that we get is penny and that's just because yeah the one of the one uh, which is the good witch the fairy which it the fairies from sleeping beauty who plays the nanny oh totally yeah she she does look very much like uh flora fauna and or merryweather yeah Indeed. Um, She's a cute little, she just cute say, little nanny, Penny? though. And it's like, oh, okay, that dog's name's Penny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. And they were watching, a, oh, what's the call? What's the... The show that they're was watching? It, it was, no, it wasn't Dash. It was, oh, shoot. What is he oh, called? Man. It's a great show. It's like a Western, and yeah. he's chasing down this bandit through the desert. Oh, man. I can't remember oh, what no, it's I called. I'm not even going to try to look it up. And then you see the awesome commercial for Canine Crunchies. Great. <laughs> can't do it. It's hilarious. Think about okay, you're Roger and Anita. Yes. Okay. You've got two dogs. By the way, Roger and Anita totally thieves. What do you mean? Because Cruella paid for. No, she did. A bunch of the the the, the one dog said, "Whip on painful." Oh, so oh. So technically, yeah, no. Roger and Anita yeah, are thieves. No, they're thieves in the same sense that Robin Hood's a thief. They're good people. Anyway. Yeah. Think about having to name 84 other puppies. puppies. <laughs> Spot. Yeah. Spotty. Spotland. <laughs> Spotastic. S Spot Trisha. Yeah. <laughs> it could go on and on and on. Yeah. I, Dot. I, I don't envy them for that. So let's talk about anything we found that this movie might be lacking or room for improvement. What do you feel like is, you know, maybe some limitations to this film? Um, well, it, yeah, like like I mentioned earlier, the whole bit with the the collars that bothered me. Yeah. The collars bothered me, mm -hmm. and uh, when you have a bunch of the puppies running through, they they all look the exact same. Yeah, like, that's true. I mean, you, they're all like they all I mean, have. They couldn't give individual looks to every single puppy, though. I, but they do. They do get a really good job of giving individual the, the looks. 15, for like, when, the fifteen. The fifteen original puppies, the 15, they yeah. do. And then uh, we meet those other two, and they mm -hmm. like uh, when though uh, Sergeant, what's the cat's name? Oh Tibbs. gosh, Tibbs. Yeah, Tibbs. he's when, so great. When Tibbs comes in, totally. If they recast that, totally. Uh, uh, I, I said his name earlier, Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, he sounds like Martin Freeman <laughs> the cat. He kind of does, yeah. Um, when we see some shots, like when they when there's not like a hundred puppies in it, when there's like five or six puppies in one shot, mm -hmm. they give them individual details. Like one of them will have like a black Yeah, no, I agree with that. Ears. I agree with that. Like, But then when it's 
when it's panned large, out, it's basically yeah, the same it's, it's puppy the same over and over and over, and over again. Yeah. That's my only problem with it. I wish. I mean, nowadays. And that's a small thing. Yeah, exactly. That nowadays you can do that easy with a computer program. Just go pop, 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 pop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back then I I love what they did. They put a lot of puppies in one little shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my that's my really only complaint was the collars and the lack of puppy. Differentiate, different, yeah. differentiation. There you go. Good job, Words Josh. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I I find very little lacking in this movie. Um, I I find that. Oh, sorry, real quick. The lack oh. of the lack of uh, resolution with uh, what the heck happened to Cruella. Yeah, well, that's what I was loose. gonna. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, the the fact that you know she just crashes in the snow, but she's. She's going to come right back after them. We all know that. So we kind of want to see her locked up or something at the end. Like she's doing this devious thing and, you know, dog napping, which is apparently, you know, newspaper worthy in old time London. But uh, now, you know, we don't know what she's up to. So I agree. It, I, I wish there was a little bit of resolution where she is concerned or a sequel. Like no, yeah, something. no, what Disney should do? 2020. 102 down. No, they already did 102. I think they did a yeah, made-for-TV we'll, we'll or we'll straight-to-DVD one. 101 Dalmatians, the sequel. Yeah. Oh, oh, See, it. it's weird because... The puppeting. Like, I don't... I pretty much don't count any of the straight-to-DVD movies yeah, as those, those part of the canon ones, story. No. So even though they did technically do a sequel to this, it doesn't really exist for me. They had a TV show that they did? came out... Yeah, it's when the live, it was like right after the live action ones came out, like oh. 102 Dalmatians. Uh, Wait, they, they did had, two live action ones? Yes, yeah, there was 101 Dalmatians. I knew they did and then one. 102 Dalmatians. I don't know if they did. A was third Glenn one. Close in both of those? I don't know. Huh. I know she's I the first know. one. I never saw the second one. I, I never the, saw I think either the of them. The second one they brought up like an all white albino Dalmatian in there, which is just a dog, but hmm. yeah, they they brought that one in there, and then I think they did a show. On Disney. The only reason I know that is because Tara Strong played a chicken. Interesting. And yeah, that's all I okay. know about that show. Wow, I didn't know any of that existed. The yeah. the 102s or the show. Yeah. Wow. This is bad. Interesting. Bad show. All right. Well, okay. So let's talk about like where this sits in as far as our recommendations and how we would rate this movie. I don't know why you wouldn't watch this movie. Yeah, it's, I, I it's good for everybody, right? So it's like, I don't know how you haven't seen this movie. Do you this feel is... like there are any parts that would be too intense for little kids? Because I really don't. I think it's it's kind of intense, I, I don't but it's, think they would get... there's enough humor in every moment. Yeah, I don't think they would get some of the dialogue between uh, Jasper and Horace. Because some oh, of that sure. stuff is pretty... Sure. Like, you could watch Top Gear and... Or Old Top <laughs> Gear, not the one with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, no. Who no. watches that? Exactly. Hot street trash. But yeah, I mean, if you watch some of that and, you know, like if you watch any sort of like British, or sorry, not British, English sort of, uh, uh, you know, TV show, BBC, yeah. mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, the, you're going to have talk like that. Heck, right. even Harry Potter, uh, they say bloody a couple times. And they say bloody in this one, too. So it's, Do they say bloody? They say bloomin'. They say bloomin'. I think he says bloody I don't think once. they say bloody. He also says something when they're chasing through Bub's the house. your uncle, which I yeah, like. Bub's your uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the I don't think kids would catch any of it. Yeah, I agree. But 
I, I think this is a wonderful movie for people of all ages. I, I would I would recommend it to anybody. I think it's a major movie in the Disney catalog. And I only rediscovered it last year, having not seen it since I was a little kid. So I'd forgotten most about it. I remembered liking it to some degree when I was a kid. But when, when I rewatched it as an adult last year for the first time, it blew me away. I think it's amazing it's, it's a, a really beautiful film the entire segment of the twilight bark and mm -hmm. the tension involved in that and the you're just hoping this message gets through they play it so well the pacing the characters that the the bark goes through along the way mm -hmm. it's it's like this crazy awesome community that comes together it's like this is important we need to pass this message along it's it, it's a really hopeful kind of thing, and I I just think it's really delightful and wonderful. Is this the first Disney movie with Easter eggs? It might be. I don't – I can't say definitively. It's the earliest one I know of, and the Easter eggs you're referring to are all of the Lady and the Tramp characters mm -hmm. that show up during the Twilight Bark. Um, you know, we see Laddie, we see Peg, we see Lady, we see Tramp. Uh, I think it was just those four. Yeah. But they all show up during that scene, and it's just kind of a neat little Easter egg along the way. And I think it might be the earliest. Yeah. I, I would, I'd be interested to research that and, and, and let everybody know on the next episode. Because like, I know Pongo and Roger show up in um, Oliver and Company, in Oliver right? And Company, yeah. and I think so does Laddie. Does he? Yeah, there's a, there's a little black Scotty dog there okay. with the collar and everything. So okay. I think, he shows, I think he's in there too. Is he actually, or is he just a terrier? Just, it could just be a Scotty dog. Okay. Could be a Scottish terrier. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it, it's got a fun little Easter egg in there, but I, I don't know if it's the first. It's definitely not the last because we know there's a long tradition of Disney Easter eggs, especially nah, especially once Pixar starts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Zootopia was all Easter eggs. <laughs> Just go to Duke was, Weasel. He's like, look at all my DVDs. It was delightful as all get out. I love Zootopia. Well, is it time for top five? Well, we should we should give this a, our uh, wonderful. Oh yeah, let's let's first. rate it first. So yeah, absolutely. Out of Jiminy Crickets, how many would you give this? Ooh, me first this time. Okay, so out of five Jiminy Crickets, I would give 101 Dalmatians a solid four. I like it. Which is high praise in my book. If you've listened to earlier episodes, you know that's high praise. That's high praise. High praise it is. Josh Kane, what is your ranking scale this time? I'm going to give this movie four Pongos out of nice. five. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Like I said, the, my only problem was, again, it's the limitations of the time. Mm-hmm. The, like, yeah, my complaint. That was, that's my, that's the only reason this is, isn't a five. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that I, that stands out to me that you may be thinking of as well is when she crashes in that ravine yeah, and it's the snow. So bad. The snow looks so weird when she's pulling out of it because you know, they're trying to animate all the snow being pushed out of the way mm -hmm. by that car. And it does look really weird. Yeah. I agree. But little bit of consolation when they're running across the bridge mm -hmm. that you pointed out and rewind it uh, did a little rewind oh. the way that water looks where it looks like they just took some like glitter sparkles yes. and kind of you know just 
See, put them in some water and just like move the lights around. Yes. It was really nice. If you guys are listening to this episode and you own 101 Dalmatians, go to the scene where they're where the Pongo Dane. and Purdy are just leaving on their journey to go find the puppies. Yeah, when they're the with the Great Dane. Like, I'll take you as far as... Yeah, they go wherever. across this bridge. They go to Camden Road Camden is where Road. they go. And, and then he sends them off from there. But along the way, they go across this bridge and... Right leading into that scene, they're showing the water and a couple of boats, and they pan up to the bridge. But that scene with the water and the light from those boats sparkling off the water is pure animation magic. I love that scene. I rewinded it for Josh so that we could just see it again. It's a beautiful little touch of animation magic and i i just love it so yeah look for that scene it's one of my favorites fun fact okay um looking this up i because i think they were going to kent right it was um i don't remember it's it's in the country we'll say it's kent but apparently from camden road in london i just did kent because it could be completely wrong 47.32 miles i believe that they were on a freaking journey that and and i feel like the weight of that journey is really portrayed well in the movie yes it's i i think it's delightful the the way that they give you all of that intensity and the length of that journey and it's so good four out of five jiminy crickets yes solid all right time to do battle how come you can use all right and i can't use all right uh, yeah, I mean, you can use all right. All right, no. <laughs> all righty then. All right, no. Um, okay, let's go ahead and kick off our top five. Bring it. And now for another top five. Yes, Josh Kane, are you ready to do battle in the ring? I am ready to do battle in the ring. Excellent. Just like Apollo Creed and Hulk Hogan, and they didn't actually fight Yeah, no, death, Apollo Creed, Hulk Hogan was one of the most historic fights ever. You're was, right, Josh I Kane. You, I hit you to death. So what are, we, what are we ranking today? We are ranking our top five animated cats. Yes. So to kind of contrast with all of the dogs we just watched we're gonna rank some cats cats, because we like kitty cats and i messed up you messed up we had originally planned on just doing disney cats and then josh went crazy i forgot about that and did all cats so we're gonna rank all animated cats yes so do you have any that are disney i had i'm not gonna spoil it okay don't spoil it just go what's your number five my number five from the wonderful little show called Digimon Digital Monsters. I'm gonna oh do, my gosh, you're so predictable. I'm going to do Gatomon. Gatomon? Gatomon. So like She's, Spanish cat. Yeah. Mon. Mon. Exactly. <laughs> cat monster. Cat monster. So what is Gatomon? Uh, Gatomon is awesome. Gatomon is a uh, white cat mm-hmm. but has these like dragon-esque like glove paws on her hands so she uses them and she has a cool little ring thing on her tail and she turns into an angel (laughs) wow yeah she she digivolves from gatomon to wait to angelomon digivolve we talked about this last time a couple times it didn't sink in i'm sorry (laughs) yeah they digivolve okay it's a digivolution wow i see i'm just so unfamiliar with the world of digimon well that's your fault 
It is my fault because we, we may uh, watch the Digimon have not partaken on purpose. Except we'll we'll probably stop the Digimon movie halfway through because that other part where it's yeah. like Davis and those losers they suck. Yeah, I mean I totally agree. All right, my number five. Have you ever seen the movie Open Season? You probably haven't. Is that the one with the bear? The bear and the deer. Oh yeah. I... No. Okay. Well, they did a sequel called Open Season 2. No, go figure. Where... You joshing me right now? You joshing me? They kind of steer it towards this storyline that's all about pets. And so... Like you do. My number five is the most amazingly messed up, freaked out looking cat ever in the world of animation. His name is Roger. And for anybody that has seen Open Season 2, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He is one messed up looking cat. He's got a missing uh, fang tooth. What are they? Well, it's not a canine, but what do they call the tooth? Feline. Feline tooth? Is that what it's, it's called? called? I don't know. It's called a canine. Okay. My and he's got scissor. two different colored eyes. He's skinny as all get out. And he has a weird gait in his walk. It's kind of a lopsided sideways walk that he has. And his he can't keep his tongue in his mouth, and he speaks with a hilarious voice. Is he Buscemi? No, it's not Buscemi. No. It's actually the animator who created him voices him as well, because he came up with this hilarious voice for him. I just and, his picture, and he's so scary looking. Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. Uh, and and he, he says stuff like, Stanley, old buddy, it's been ages. He's hilarious. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. It's it's a silly, frivolous movie, but it's delightful, and Roger makes it. He is the greatest thing in that movie. So anybody out there who knows what I'm talking about, shout me out. Support me. Roger. What's your number four, Josh? My number four. We're going to go straight from Thundera. What? And we're going to choose. I couldn't choose just one because they're a group. Mm. I chose the Thundercats. That's, you chose a group? I chose the Thundercats. Oh, I chose wow. Lion-O, Chitara, Tigra, <laughs> Panthro, Wily Kit, Wily Cat, and you can't forget, Schnarf. Oh, my Schnarf, Schnarf. gosh. That's that's a bold pick, Josh Kane. Have you seen all of that series? Um, I got to I got to the part where I think Lion O like fell in love with a a, a, a woman or a, some some chick, but then I I kind of stopped. It was weird. Yeah, I like, you know I only watched I did, that. I did, like, they they did a they did a newer season. Sorry, I'll, I'll get back oh, to Oh, really? You. They did a newer season. I want to say like 2012. Um, wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah, Cartoon Network did it. And mm, had Will Freddle in it. Um, but they made them completely new and everything. And it was really, really good. It's a really good show. Like new art direction? New like, art direction style, really? everything. Hmm. They were more anime-esque of course. type. It was so good. Canceled it. Because hmm. they suck. I'm sorry, Josh. Sorry, what you were saying. You're... Well, I was just gonna say I I do know the Thundercats because I watched them rather passively as a kid. You know, I remember when they were on TV, and I th I thought they were neat, but I don't have really any memory of what the synopsis is of that show or the point of the Thundercats. They're some sort of warriors or something, yeah. but 
Uh, I don't. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, I do like the design of those characters. They're really cool looking. Really cool. And that's that's a lot of the reason I like cat characters because I think the design of cat characters is often much more compelling to me than dog characters. And a lot of that speaks to real life. Is I'm not a dog person. I'm not a pet person, really. But That's why there are no I, pets here. I do exist around cats much better than I exist around dogs. So there may be something to that. Yeah. But so you couldn't, you couldn't deal with 101 puppies? Uh, no. Oh, sorry, no. puppies into adult no, dogs? No, 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 no. I couldn't deal with one, let alone 101. But I, I've always liked, like when we're talking about wild animals, I've always loved tigers and cheetahs and mm-hmm. panthers and things like that. They're, they've... I find them very beautiful and fascinating. So, I don't know. I just like I like cats better than dogs. I'm just going to put it out there. Yes. So, yeah. Thundercats. Good pick. That's kind of cheating, but good pick. No, they're a group. Yeah, you're already at six, seven. How many are you uh, at right now? Seven, right? Because there's six of them. Three, four. Uh, yeah, we won't count Snarf. <laughs> so, All there's right. well, six. Yeah, I'm at seven. Let's move on to number four. Let's move on. So I'm going to back to the Disney catalog. No. One of the most iconic animated cats ever. Hold on, you better not put him down there. What? Who? No, go, go ahead, say yeah. it. Yeah. From Alice in Wonderland. Oh, good. The Cheshire Cat. Okay, no, okay. Great cat, zany as all get out, and quite mad. And and we're talking about from the nineteen fifty one animated film not from the 2000 whatever tim burton train wreck which i did not like the cheshire you cat didn't in that like the jabberwocky oh uh, be quiet the <laughs> cheshire cat was quite well animated i did like the look of him but that that movie was not my bag i don't want to i don't want to go down that road alice in wonderland is a fantastic film shockingly not a success in its time, but a wonderful avant-garde movie based on a very avant-garde novel. And the Cheshire Cat is one of the most iconic characters in that movie. And I think he deserves to be on the top five of everybody's animated cat list. My number three. Mm. We're going to dive into the realm of anime. Oh my God. Gosh. I know, crazy, right? We I, haven't done I'm going to fall yet. out of my seat. Um, We're going to go Kilala from Inuyasha. Kilala. Kilala. Okay. But Never it's... heard of this cat. This is this is how this is yeah. going to go every episode. You're going to bring characters that I've never heard of. That's, that's not my fault, dude. I mean, it's not your fault, but it's just, you know, you you go to a different map. Isn't she adorable? She is really cute. She's Josh is showing me a picture cute. right now on his phone, and that's a cute cat. But, so what about this cat? Um, she's really cool because uh, she's Songo's little faithful little pet. Mm-hmm. Um, she flies when she because she actually Wait. grows. She grows into a bigger cat. Whoa! With saber tooth fangs. Yeah, she transforms and two tails. Uh huh. She transforms into big Kilala. So does she fight things? Yep. Yeah, Ooh. dude. She's a freaking saber tooth tiger. She bites Vicious. things. She bites things, Wait, she flies around. Go back around, to the breathes, flying. She flies, she breathes fire. Wow, she's dragon like the best cat. cat. Yeah. So what is this flying? Is it 
She just Is flies. she just hover, or does she actually fly like Superman? Yeah, she just flies like Superman. Really? Yeah. They're like, we need to be able to get some of these characters that can't, like, run really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, because in Inuyasha, he's a half-demon. So, I mean, he's can, okay. like, he's like a half-flick of a dog demon. So, he can, like, run really fast, jump really high. Can um, he fly? No, he can't. Like I said, he oh, okay. can run really fast and he can jump really oh, high. Okay. But uh, kind of, so it kind of is like he kind of flies, kind of like Superboy and Young See, Justice, I, who can't really fly. But you, you mentioned really that. Fly. I I always thought that was funny. About I'm going to tangent here for a second. Sure. Uh, Superman. You know, they always talk about how he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's like, no, duh, he can fly. Well, I think the old Superman, I don't think he could fly. Really? He started he out without flying well, powers? Well, I mean, that's how uh, Superboy, like when we first start, I think when we first meet Superboy and like Young Justice and everything like that, he can't fly. He can jump. So he what? jumps and it, you know, propels Wait, him in the air for a long Superboy period of time. Isn't but Superboy isn't Superman. Yeah, but he's a clone of Superman. Okay. So are you saying like back when Superman originated, which was like, what, the 20s? The, it was a yeah. long time ago, right? Could, yeah, I don't think he could fly. I don't. Think, he could only just leap yeah, really I high. I don't think that's because otherwise, like he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, so he, they like, rewrote jump? the book when they gave him flying powers. I mean, yeah, it's it's also the twenties. I mean, this is the first time that we're we have anything like this. Because so he's the first, he right? The original a, like comic book there, superhero. There's probably more comic books, but he's definitely the first that's of the DC that's the most popular. Huh. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. I just think it's funny that he can leap tall buildings, but he yeah, can fly. Yeah, he just leaps tall buildings. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's Inuyasha. Inuyasha leaps tall buildings. Wow. Uh, yeah, Kilalachi just, they're like, we have to figure out a re- uh, some way to make these characters travel distances really fast. And so they're like, okay, we can fit three people on the back, or usually two people, because Inuyasha usually carries Kagome. But piggyback ride wait on the back of the cat no yeah yeah like Moroku how Sango, big is this cat say, dude the, it is a saber-toothed tiger oh so he just he grows in size yeah yeah, she, oh. yeah she, she's she's a little baby and then she grows in size into the saber-toothed tiger wow when they need her to, and then she just shrinks back awesome yep nice she's great she's a great that's, cat that's an epic cat right there mm-hmm. all right cool what about you gavin what you got for your number three Number three. I'm staying with Disney on this one. No. One of my all-time favorite villains. I'm going with Scar from The Lion King. Nice. What a great character, right? This character is so dark and so devious and has a army of hyenas at his beck and call, and he perpetrates true evil upon the pride, and he is just also sort of strangely elegant and posh the whole time he's doing mm-hmm. it. And I just think he's a wonderfully designed character. And I just, I, I like watching him every time. He's one of the reasons that I love The Lion King. Because, In his song. you know, a, a film is with good guys and bad guys can be broken if either the hero or the villain is weak. And that's one of the strengths of The Lion King is that the villain is so great and the heroes are also great. It takes them a while to realize it and come to terms and, and grow into the hero role. But the villain is just so great. Scar's amazing. He has my favorite villain song in all of the mm-hmm. Disney catalog with Be Prepared. 
And that whole scene so with the goose-stepping hyenas so is good. creepy. And all of the lighting in that, the green light, and then they bring in red light, and then mm-hmm. at the end they bring in blue light. I think it's fascinating the way they do it. And then there's this weird tectonic action that happens where rocks are springing from the earth and they're using it as a stage and they're Mm -hmm. rising towards the moon and it's so over the top and dramatic and and impressive and i find that perfect for an uber villain you know a a, a criminal mastermind Mm -hmm. and i just i I delight in what they chose to do with scar because they just let it all hang out and it works I want to go to your um, – just because I'm looking at your board here. I want to go back to what you said about a weak villain. Uh-huh. I completely agree. Scar, fantastic villain. You understand his motivation from oh, like yeah. the first second that you meet yep. him. He wants that power. He wants it. To... But, yeah, looking at your thing, I saw that you had Yokai on there from Big Hero 6. Yeah. He wants revenge. He's the worst villain. He's a, he's, a Really? He's the a worst ba- he's a, villain? He's a bad villain. Like his motivation um... isn't clear. Until you finally find out halfway through, and then you're like, oh, well, just shoot him. I mean, you don't have to do yeah. all this big convoluted everything. He's he's just not a good villain. I would I tend mean, to agree. Cool. If we I ever mean, do a his... Big Hero 6 episode, uh, we, we should definitely should. break that down. I think that's high on your list, so yeah. we should definitely put that like off to the side and say, you know, we really should break him down because... I agree with some of that, but I disagree with some of that as well. Well, I'm, I'm just saying he's cool. I'm not, I'm not saying like his like what he does mm-hmm. and like his whole you know like shooty things like yeah you know the, when he's like yokai he's actually cool. But I mean as his motivation, mm-hmm. it's like haphazard. It's mm-hmm. like okay yeah sure I mean I, I get it but right. I mean he right. also didn't you know force your daughter to go do this either she signed up for it right but right. You, you know but yeah <laughs> okay tangent yeah stop that tangent um yeah i like that scar cool really really good my number two is going to go back to anime wait i know it's crazy wait what i know um so wait okay you haven't had any disney yet well, there may not be any Disney. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, okay, keep going. So There's so many Disney cats, but keep going. I'm going to go Luna and Artemis from Sailor Moon. So I did another I two. didn't know there were cats in that yeah. show. Oh, dude. They're the best. <laughs> um, in the in the new bit, uh, Luna, like the, the 2015 Disney. Wait, 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 wait. Are you picking two cats yeah. at number two? Dude, I, I picked six so thundercats. You're up to 11 cats at this point in a top five. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it, All right. Uh, it I happens. Mean, there's no rules, so go ahead. I make the rules. <laughs> this is our podcast. Um, but yeah, like Luna and Artemis, they're the best. Uh, like in the 2015 uh, Viz Media dub. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's them with their okay. kitten. Okay, they look very anime with, nah. with giant eyes and white pupils, which is strange. Dude, that's anime, bro. White pupils? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know they do big highlights. How else, how else do you draw them? Um, yeah, not with white pupils. How else, how else do you draw anime cats in 1992? Well, I don't, yeah, personally. Exactly. So you can't judge. I 
agree with that statement. See, so the, why do you like these their, cats? Look at them. They are kind of adorable. Yeah. See, they have black pupils there. Shut up. Well, um, why do you like them? What What about them besides they're cute? Well, they're hilarious. Like, oh, they're funny. Just, yeah, they're funny. Like, do they – wait, I, and I don't know Sailor Moon, so forgive me. Do they speak? Yes. Oh, speak. cool. Yeah, um, the 2000 I'm, – I'm, I'm not talking about the old, like the one when we first got it, like in 1996, mm-hmm. um, that dub because that's atrocious. But the, I'm talking about the 2015 – So they weren't funny in that one? Uh, I, I guess they were funny. It was just really bad. Like I said – this was back in like in the early '90s when uh, mm-hmm. we first started getting a lot of anime, mm-hmm. and especially mainstream stuff. And we started doing the English dubs of it. There was not, I mean, there wasn't any sort of, you know, calling for anime voice actors, okay, and actresses. There just wasn't that at all. Because I mean, people from Disney, that like the people that did Little Mermaid. They're not going to go do anime because it's this new thing that's, you know, like a niche market right now. So no one's going to do that. So they have to get these people. Um, but, you know, you get what you pay for, really. And if right. you don't have a good budget, you're not going to get good voice yeah. actors. It's not like yeah. today. Uh, but yeah, like 2015, they redubbed it. So same animation from the 90s. Redubbed it. Um, Luna is voiced by Michelle Ruff. And Artemis is voiced by... My spirit animal, Johnny Young Bosch. Oh yeah, you've mentioned so, him before on the oh, show. Yeah, I, anytime I can mention Johnny Young Bosch. <laughs> the Bosch. The Bosch, yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely perfect. They're funny together. Cool. Um, it, yeah, that's, that's just yeah, I can't really describe. All right. Like we we'll, we'll watch an episode. Okay. I'll have you watch one episode. With the cat. With that the features cats. the cat. Yeah, it's uh, Luna's day, like Luna's crazy day out or whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's it's great. Luna yeah. Bueller's Day Off. I hate you so much. <laughs> what, what's your two? What's your two? My number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna veer away from Disney a little bit, and go to DreamWorks and a cat that I've mentioned previously on the show. Felix. No, huh. I've never mentioned Felix, <laughs> and I probably never will. But I'm going with uh, Tigress from Kung Fu Panda and okay. Kung Fu Panda 2 and Kung Fu Panda 3. Who's she voiced by? Because we had a problem with this we, last time. We did. It's Angelina Jolie, ah! right? Yeah. I, 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 I love the design of this character. I think DreamWorks has animated all of those characters so sublimely. But Tigress, to me, is the most beautiful, elegant, perfect animation of a wildcat character in kung fu fighting scenarios and i i just i can't stop looking at her when i'm watching those movies because every movement is so calculated and perfect and graceful and i just love it i i love the the pattern on her fur especially on her face it's so stylized but naturalistic at the same time and the fur is believable, and her costumes are great. I just, I think she's a kick A kind of girl, and she's just fun to watch. Nice. I, I, and and I think it's cool because she's kind of the antithesis to Poe, where she's kind of the strict, you know, stick to the kung fu handbook kind of person, mm-hmm. where Poe is more of a freestyle like. I'm just going to feel it with my tummy and things like that. And I think it's a, it's a great juxtaposition there. So 
Tigress. Nice. Do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, I do have some honorable mentions. Go for it. Uh, so ones that were close that but did not make my list are Raja from Aladdin. I think it's my favorite tiger in the animation uh, world. Mm-hmm. Felicia, by far the most obese cat ever. That's from The Great Mouse Detective. Bagheera from Jungle Book. Oh, Bagheera. Who's lovable, but eh, not, not interesting enough for me to put on this list. Uh, and then I had to I had to put uh, Tigger in the running from Winnie the Pooh. Tigger is a cat. He's yeah. really fun and delightful. I like him a lot, but he didn't quite make the cut for me. What about you? Honorable mentions? Um, yeah, I, this this was actually really hard for me. Yeah. Um, the Aristocats, I guess. Yeah, and again, you were probably including the whole cast. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Cheater. Um, I was gonna go some old school Cartoon Network and do SWAT Cats, Radical Squadron. What? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's <laughs> crap. It's crap. Don't don't worry about it. But yeah, and uh, I guess Figaro. Okay. The only good thing to ever come out of Pinocchio. I wholeheartedly Figaro. disagree with that statement, no, as Jiminy you Cricket. know. That was a bad Jiminy Cricket impression. It was, was a terrible Jiminy Cricket, Cricket impression. Anyway, <laughs> so for my number one, mm-hmm. I had to go the best cat in all of the Pride Lands. Ooh. One Simba, played nice. by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and Girl JTT, and. Ferris Bueller himself, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, what's his name in Godzilla? Uh, Who Nick, cares? Nick Tatopoulos. You know his name from Godzilla? Dude, that Godzilla movie was actually really good. People crap I on it. It's disagree. a good movie. Absolutely, 100%. It wanted to eat fish. It, okay, no. Go back to Lion King. Go. Okay. But yeah, Simba. Simba, I mean, he's great. And if he's not on your list, I'm going to go over this table and like stab you with a pin. But, but wait, you like him better than Scar? I think Scar yeah. is a better character. Oh, no. Like Simba is obviously the character the whom the story the revolves movie. around, but Scar, man, he is a better I mean, Scar, character. Scar is great, but I mean Simba, because Simba and Nala get together, and Nala's great. Yeah, no, they're great. I agree. I mean, I think the also by the way, Nala never a princess. Half the cat. Well, went straight to queen. I was thinking about this because. She went straight to queen. We mentioned that in our princess discussion, and I feel like it's it's this, because we all know that historically royalty can only marry royalty, right? So, like, typically if there's – let's just say there's a prince of England, and they're trying to betroth him to some other – house yeah, of but, royalty but, but, but they ne- but they're they gonna never... pick they're gonna pick some other royal person whether they're a princess or a duchess or something well, well, that's a and duchess. so nala would have to be at least royalty so i think she can enter the discussion i really do well, i consider well, then... nala a princess an african princess i'm yep. done no done. you're not done no she's an African. No, because then we'll go on for another twenty minutes about how Nala is not a princess. Okay. She can be. She can be. So, so what you're saying is, I just want to go here. Yeah, go here. So, go her. Um, (laughs) So Nala is another kingdoms. Not necessarily a kingdom, but she's got to be at least from another pride. Royalty. So from another pride. 
No, she's in the same pride, obviously. Well, well, then there's only one male lion in that pride. Okay, we're getting way too I know that's, like, that, that's biological what here. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there's, I mean, there, I mean, from the male lions that we see, there's two. Either Mufasa and you know, either killed Nala's dad or just drove him off somewhere. Right. And then he's like, "Oh well, I guess you can stay in the pride." Okay, so in your line of thinking. She can just Simba and Nala is incest. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything like that. She okay. can be Scar's kid, for all I know. Even though Scar had a whole bunch of other uh, lion cubs and stuff, and and that went to Lion King too. Simba's yeah, pride. again, those don't but exist those, for yeah, me. Those aren't really good. Weird. I mean, it's just all I'm like, saying is I consider her a princess because I I think she has to be royalty to marry the future king. Well, I mean, she can she can be a duchess uh, or something. That's I mean, close enough to princess for me. Absolutely. I bet if you went to England... <laughs> I'm not in I'm England. I'm not 100% sure that would fly. If any of our listeners so happen to be in merry old England, you can tear us down and tell us we're wrong. But I feel like... Norway also has... We're talking about believe, fantasy so. here. We're talking about right. a story about lions in the Serengeti and a king and his queen and i feel like they were both at one point a prince and a princess that's all i'm saying whatever and even if she's a duchess it's close enough yes <laughs> so wait have you dropped your number one yeah what was it simba. oh simba okay way to pay Good. attention jeez i didn't I'll, know if I you were there yet I, I'm, I'm gonna guess yeah no gavin chose figaro the cat Gavin, what's your number one? See, I don't like this because this is two times in a row where the rug is just pulled out from under me as I drop my number oh, did one. Did I get it? Ah! Of course you got it. Figaro is the cat of cats. He doesn't do anything. Sure he does. What does he do? He acts like a cat. <laughs> He's hilarious. I like Figaro. He's, to me... this wasn't my computer area. <laughs> no, that's fine. He, to me, he's just this wonderfully rendered totally believable cat character he's 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 more like a kitten than a cat you know he's he's really he's small a, he's a and i just i just love that he's kind of this little bit of side element comic value in the movie he, he comes in and out of some scenes and provides just a little bit of texture to the movie a little bit of novelty and i just think he's very cute little cat and He's so well animated. His movement and the things that he does are so cat-like that I think it really speaks to the genius of the artistry on that movie. And, you know, as it's been said before, that is by far my favorite Disney film. And I love everything about it. And Figaro is no exception. Okay, I mean... He's great. I'm not saying it's not a cute cat. It didn't make my list because it doesn't do anything. You know what? Cats... Don't do anything, really. But we're talking about animated cats. Animated cats should do things. I mean, he rubbed up against Geppetto's socks and made him fall down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he kissed Cleo in the end. Lord that was mercy. cute. That was super cute. Come on. Who doesn't like the, the cat goldfish kiss? It's delightful. It's unchristian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ridiculous <laughs> statement. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so I win. I win the cat contest because you cheated. You picked like How? 14 cats. 
on a top five. Here's the thing. And Here's the thing. Most people not, haven't heard of half of your cat. I've been, I've been. Are you kidding me? People, I'm, I'm not I'm kidding sure you. Pretty sure a lot of people have heard of Simba. Yeah, pretty sure that's it. A lot it. of people have heard of the Thundercats. The Thundercats, sure. but not all of their names, and certainly they're not going to include all of them in a top five. Yeah, I bet if we polled the audience, but like, do you name name at least three Thundercats? And they'd be like, what's the name of the cat in Pinocchio? Yeah, I think animation people would and know Figaro. I don't know, I don't know who, who watched Open Season 2. It's not even Open Season. Was that direct to DVD? No, it, it was in theaters. theaters. Yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna show you this cat, and you're gonna you're gonna think no, it's hilarious. No, I saw I saw a picture of the cat. And no, I know, scary. but you're you're gonna see it in scenes, and you're gonna think it's funny. Okay, sure. I promise. Whatever. I promise. Even though you don't have you know a laughing bone. Well, we do have one more thing that we need to talk about. Yes, after we do. That dumpster fire that was the top five. It was not a dumpster, it was fire. A dumpster fire. It was, it was a train great. Wreck. It was no, a train wreck. my um, app was great. Go. Keep going. Um, we have some special news that we're gonna be doing for the month of october yes i'm very excited about this we had a brainstorming session and we've decided that each monday in october and there are five of them which is exciting and leading up to the last monday in october which happens to be halloween october 31st (laughs) we will be doing five halloween inspired or themed movies yes it's gonna be so great each monday in october yeah so we're gonna bring some ghosts and some monsters and some paranormal stuff it's gonna be great all animated movies that revolve around you know ideas that we think of during halloween so it's gonna be really fun it's gonna be a whole themed month i don't know if we could do the same for any other month in the year i don't feel like there's enough for Christmas even, or any other really holiday month. So if you're ever going to do it, October is the month to do it. Because, I mean, there's there's a lot of live-action Christmas movies. Oh, sure. And, like, uh, I mean, Die Hard comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact, Jurassic World, totally a Christmas movie. Really? Totally a Christmas movie. What's Christmassy about it? I don't remember. Okay, we're, we're in snow at the, when we meet the group they're in Mm -hmm. snow yeah uh at their house where we see the bird um then if you listen in the airport they're playing christmas music in the airport wow i I didn't catch that jurassic world everybody fun fact christmas (laughs) movie and good animation too yes yeah no that bird was not very good i don't remember the bird the very like when we see like it's after you know we see the um super i can't remember indominus rex patch like the little babies Mm -hmm. you see a uh foot that like hits the ground yeah and then it turns into a bird that's bad it's just really bad it's really really bad i need to rewatch that movie well you should it's a good movie watch it christmas time because it's a christmas movie hey but yeah i don't know of a lot of you know christmas yeah it's weird you would think there would be tons but there really aren't yeah so, yeah, we're going to do an entire month of October filled with Halloween-y animated things. We're really excited. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Uh, we've already come up with our list of what we're going to do. There's a lot of these that I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to show on, you these On movies. my list, I've seen 
one of those movies. Oh, that's, that's awesome. It. So it's so awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. So, all right. Well, where can everybody find you, Josh Kane? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L Kane. What about you, Mr. Gavin? I can be found at Twitter and Instagram at Gavin Audison Art. Okay. Well, for the about... animation station, I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. Made you look. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs>